So if you're new to the Buwaliwatu community, please make sure that you follow us on all of our social media handles. We're available on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and you can follow us on our personal pages. Now, luckily for you, we are always calling the best guests in South Africa. Today we have U Tobani Zigalala, who is a political orator and activist, and who's been on grassroots and national stages advancing change. So if you're a change agent wondering, where do we start when we're engaging people in the political space? Well, today's a good place to start to have change conversations. Tobani Zigalala, welcome to Bualiwa. Do please introduce yourself to our viewers. Uh, uh, my name is Tobani Zigalala. I was born in the rural areas of Kwatuguza, brought up and grew up in the streets of Devon, and uh, where I went to school. Um, when I describe myself as a part of the corridors of liberal <laughs> academia and the scavenger that has been of liberal academia. Um, that is because I, I, I think of myself as a typical black South African, mm. right? Uh, dispossessed, exploited, oppressed, uh, excluded from the mainstream economy and otherwise. Mm. And as we know, uh, if we look at the concept of Ipara, you see them on the streets every day begging. Mm. So mm. I see myself as one of them, wow. constantly asking for, for acceptance, mm. for, for existence to be seen. Uh, to be able to, to, to be included in the economy, not just as a matter of a cosmetic measure, but uh, as, as a role player. So I've dedicated almost half of my life to social and uh, economic justice issues. Of course, participating in many platforms mm. uh, in the political and civil, civil society space. And of course, we studied at UKZN where we also tried to play, to, to, spend, to play a role um, uh, in, in student activism in however way we could, mm. right? I, I won't I don't, I, I'm not one person who likes to speak about Accolades. these things of titles and credentials mm. and all those things. I've just been someone who, when the need has been there we are able to do, we've played a role. So change is something that is very close to my heart. Mm. Uh, I've, I've lived, as I said, I'm a rural-born South African. I've lived in the rurals. Wow. I've lived in townships. I live in townships. I've lived in rural areas where there's no mm. water. Mm. I come from a community that hasn't had water for the past 28 years. I've lived in townships where there's no quality education. So mm. I cannot find myself as someone who doesn't participate in changing things. La, le, la. <laughs> if you were wondering, that where do I begin in defining my journey as a young person? Mm. Now, today we have um, the young activists in our communities joining us. We are change network agents. So mm. my agents who are going into communities and they have to implement programs. Of course. So we are trying to simplify each and every conversation. It's, the program is cutting across every single district in Guazulu Natal. So kona basema kaya. Hiis. So omkaya betu. Kona basema lokshini. Kona basema sapap. And it's an interracial program. So it's very important for us to, when we are paving a way forward and we're trying to define some of the social phenomena mm -hmm. it is one that is inclusive of each and every community and we love the fact that we also have people coming from different backgrounds and they are willing to understand what was happening during looting mm -hmm. now a lot of our south africans are coined it as a political stance or a mm -hmm. political uprising mm -hmm. some said no this was an ethnic an ethnic an ethnic war so mm -hmm. there's a certain group that was behind the looting mm -hmm. but most people were saying that this 
was an econo- was economically motivated. Mm. And so we're loving the fact that a lot of people from different sectors were contributing and commenting on this. Mm. But one thing that I believe that everyone saw mm. was that people from each and every economic standing mm. were looting, which mm. is very unique. Mm. So even if it was like people were hungry, people were what? But people who had jobs, stable jobs, permanent jobs, were looting. Mm. From your understandings, as someone who's in the economic space, social space, political space, how can an ordinary young person understand looting, and how can it be prevented in the future? I think it's a very, very loaded question. Mm-hmm. It's a loaded question because what happened during what we will know now as July uprising yes. was a multifaceted uh, issue. Mm-hmm. By that we mean there were many, many factors involved. Mm. And if you use a simplistic lens, you will just say, ah, people were just looting. Mm. But... Too many things were happening. Now, let's start here. What is the background of South Africa? What is South Africa? What, how, does, how do we see South Africa? As I said in the beginning in my introduction, South Africa is a capitalist, white, racist society that we should not hide. Because if we hide these things, what do? So we'll, we'll find ourselves. We will find ourselves de- trying to solve problems mm. using wrong solutions. Now, I use that background to say, because we live in a capitalist society, Mm. even those of us who are plugged into the economy, Mm -hmm. who are participating in the economy, either through through employment or through being in business and otherwise, even those of us who are like, you speak about that everyone was looting. It's because the capitalist society squeezes everyone. Mm. Even those it gives a permission or a permit to have a bit of money to access debt so they live a middle-class life, even those people are squeezed by the economy. So when the opportunity to get a bit more than you can get, everyone does. But let's go back to where we started. Okay. Looting last year was sparked, of course, as we know, by arrest of a former head of state, which brought it about, maybe. Mamma So that's right. But uh, behind that, what is it? There is a ticking time bomb in South Africa that is bubbling under for a long time. Mm. People are economically exploited. They are working. They are being paid low wages. Some are excluded. They are Mm. unemployed. They are unable to participate in business. They are unable to go to school and many other issues, Mm. right? Now... That is a, a, a bomb that has been bubbling under in South Africa. Now, that bomb, that ticking time bomb, mm. when they, it then reaches a point where there is a spark into it, that's the first part of it, that when the arrest of Zuma happened and the outrage was there, right, mm. everyone saw it as an opportunity to cripple the state, to show their voice, right? But behind that also... We could say that there were many other factors which were far beyond than just communities protesting. Because the point is, if those who were protesting and looting were mm-hmm. looting shops, who, who was bombing the shops? Who was, am and who stood, to, who stood to benefit from that? Now, who? those are the questions we must ask ourselves, right? Hmm. Maybe we may not carry the answers today, but that's the questions that we must ask ourselves, that communities, poor or whatever, mm. were looting the shops. But there was someone who was banning the shops, mm. right? And that's why we say it's multifaceted because 
there were many factors at play, and I think South Africa still has a long time to start, start grappling with it because we have misdiagnosed it in, at first. Okay. We've made it a criminal, just a criminal act. Mm -hmm. Or we've just made it just a political act. Or an or eth ethnic Or we've made it, an, as our president sometimes said, ethnic mobilization. Oh. Right? So you see, we've misdiagnosed it. Mm. Everyone sees it differently. It's like... You see someone sick and you, without any proper investigation, imagine you go to a, a surgery of a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And as, as you enter and you say to him, doctor, I'm sick. And doctor says, ah, you have a headache. Right? And mm -hmm. you go to another show, another doctor. Mm -hmm. The doctor says, no, you have a stomach ache. Okay. No one has examined you, mm -hmm. but all of them have given a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, what then happens is that all of them, no matter how good doctors they are, are going to give you a wrong prescription. Hmm. Now, that's the problem. In and in the stress management. You see? And in this uh, case, stress management is, is the underlying inequalities in South Africa. Yes. The unaddressed inequalities of in South course. Africa. So, my biggest concern, mm. because right now we are speaking to young people. I feel like they need to know where to from here. For the longest time when we are having conversations around political matters, it, it basically says white people are the issue, we need our land back. <laughs> but at this point, young people are like, we're ready, we, we're willing to change. We know, yeah. Is protest action the only way to advance change? Because it, I, I'm starting to see that it's the, when black people in particular or when disenfranchised communities are frustrated, the only thing they understand and know how to do and believe is effective yes. is protest yes. action, riots, and burning. Okay. Is this the new culture? Let me say, I will say this. I will say, for our people, it seems it's the only solution because that's the only thing they know mm. for our people. But let's, let's, let's speak to this. And say the problem is that our people are organized in unconscious and unorganized action. Mm. Now, because there's no one who's willing to go through the pain of yeah. conscientizing our people, mm -hmm. no one wants to go through the pain of organizing our people properly. Sure. Now, for example, sometimes we don't need to protest. If there's a company in the Honestly. if the there's a company, and protest, by the way, can be defined in many ways. Right? If there is a, there is a mall, for example, in mm -hmm. the township, it refuses to employ our people mm -hmm. and, uh, and it employs them, it then uh, maybe pays them low wages. Okay. Maybe we don't need to go bend the mall. Maybe mm. we need to disinvest and boycott the mall mm. and stop buying from the mall to cripple it economically. Mm. That's part of protest. Okay. Right? Stay away is a part of protest. So, young people, <laughs> I hope you're getting this because we're speaking to change agents who mm. are trying to change easy. Mm. Mm. So I want you to understand that protest is not always going mkwakwe, nigoshi, swa, no manchisi, kolezen. He's saying that there's something called boycotting, meaning yeah. that you're no longer going to support an economic mm. system, whether it's a mall mm. or it's a service provider or exploiter, a bank, mm. whatever it is. So there's boycotting. What else should they be so listening to? So there's boycotting. As I said, it's part of what we call stayaways. There's stay disinvestment this, this mm. at, at a very big scale where communities... And then and, and, and businesses decide to say, because that, uh, that, 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 that area or that mall or that community is doing these things that are wrong, that are wrong to us, we'll mm. stop putting our money into it. We'll stop supporting it. We'll stop, for, for example, stay away with strikes. You stop going to work. Mm -hmm. It's part of it because what Production you want to do, it hits, it, it, hits, it hits whatever system 
uh, that you are dealing with where it hurts the most. Mm. But also there are things we call loping and all those things, which are nice ways of saying you need to organize yourself into a lope group to be able to have conversations. So how Project, does that happen? Because we want people who are about to propose, what do the you do? The first thing is you need to organize yourself. You need to make sure that you are, you are a representative body of particular people that you can prove and have consented to that you are representing them. Okay. Because we all of us, all of us, sometimes when we are leaders claim that we are representing the interest mm, of people. Which but people? I, but which people? Who are our people? Who are the masses of the people? And all these questions we always ask. So we need to prove that, for example, in... In Newlands, in okay. Claremont, in Wamash, if we say we are representing the youth of Wamash, we must be able to have organized them, had mm-hmm. a petition. Because they believe in you. And you said you're a leader. Yes. Organize them. Organize them. You have a petition that says, here we are. We believe that, for example, if you speak to Wamash, you will say we believe Bridge City must employ most of our, more mm. of us, must be supplied by us. They must allow our, our shops to operate at Bridge City and all those things. And you organize people to write, it's part of organizing. You go house to house, mm-hmm. or you call people into a space, and you have them sign that petition, right? Now, you can use that as part of your loping. Now, when you go meet, and you organize meetings with British City Management to say, here we are, 200 of us young people in, in, in the community. This is what you believe, we believe you must do. Now, protest action, which is what we do when we go to the streets, mm-hmm. is the last resort. Okay. What I don't like in South Africa, as much as I'm not one to say I don't believe in protest, but what I don't like in South Africa that the first mm. resort, which should be the last, is always going to the streets. Okay. And sometimes protests turn violent. Mm. And the problem is that when you go into protest, sometimes our, our actions are not quantified properly. Let's make an example. You are striking for street lights. Okay. But your action... Mm. is so big as if you are fighting to remove the president. <laughs> but that's not what you are saying. You get what I'm saying? I get so you. So you need I to your, your protest action. For a street light, you get what I'm saying? For a street light. Then you'll be protesting for You get what I'm saying? But again, I am a, I'm a reader and believer of mm. one Franz Fanon. I must say this to young people. Young mm-hmm. Fanon, Fanon said in the 60s, we only revolt because for many reasons we cannot breathe. This is why I cannot blame people mm. when they protest. I cannot blame people when they revolt against systems that exclude them. Because I know that people don't just protest. No one loves to protest. No mm. one likes Donald Trump no, just running around on the streets. No one likes uh, being arrested. Mm. And all that. No one likes that. Mm. Our people most of the time do these things because there are things that are, they are going through that they think and they can no longer take. Do you right? think that as Whatever a nation, man, but Ubanuti, um, they can no longer breathe. Mm. It, each and every moment where Sitabandi Badinga man, we've known that they've needed water for such a long mm. time. By the time Sitatina, the f- this is the first resort, they are protesting, they haven't written proposals. Mm. Is, is our country right now in a state where we can clearly say they can no longer breathe and this is why we are having constant disruptions? I don't even, I don't even want to say it's looting only mm. because it's protest, it's looting, it's burning, it's mm. riots. Um, we, we, we've seen, we're seeing a lot of things. Mm. Can we say that holistically mm. we are tired of parliamentary sittings, we're tired of community gatherings, we're even mm. tired of our, your podcast channels. <laughs> All we want is change right now. I can say to you, without any fear of contradiction, I think our people are tired. Mm. I think our people are so tired that they are even starting to disengage from particular things. Mm. We saw when our people went to vote in 2021, many of them didn't go to vote. 
our people are tired at such a point whereby some of them believe there's nothing that can be done. Mm. Maybe this is the life that we're supposed to live. I made an example when I started here. I said I was born in a rural area. Mm. If I can tell you as a story, uh, I was born in the 90s, you see? Mm -hmm. Since I was born in that area, I've never seen running water. Sure. So when our people go to the streets and shut up roads, mm. I understand that. It's serious to me because my 75-year-old grandmother has to run like a little kid sing sweets at Christmas when mm. she sees a water tank. Sure. And that has been happening for all of my life. Mm. Now those people can, cannot breathe. Mm. Right? There's many communities like that. There are communities who, who have families who have never seen any of them having formal employment and being able to bring an income. There are school kids, there are young people who have never been able to go to school. There are students who are at universities who cannot pay and have not been able to pay for a long time. There is problems in this country. But with those problems, as I say, the first point of changing anything is to be organized. That's the biggest thing I can say to young people, that I know and I will not... I fear no contradiction when I say you cannot breathe, and I know this because I'm a young person as well in this country, mm. and it's very difficult. We are stuck in internships which are paying us. Oh. More than 60% of us are unemployed. There is a number, I think, 15 to, of people who are 15 to 25, about 74% of them, if I'm not mistaken, who are not at school, mm. who are not in any part, particular training with internship, leadership, or otherwise, who are not employed. Mm. Now, where are these young people? Right, some of them Hopeless. are afar. We must not run Ish. away from that one too. Because that's, that's you. That's all the social ills that we claim we want to, to, to solve hmm. have a source that they come from. True. What we call causal effect. Nothing is without a cause. Hmm. And the effects become a cause of another thing. So when you, do, when you have young people who are sitting idly not being able to do anything, hmm. those young people are then ground or fatal ground for crime. Mm. for drug abuse and what you call. Now, you see the ripple effect mm. of not solving the issues of inequality, the issues of unemployment, sure. the issues of poverty. You are creating all these other problems we have. And every time we want to solve a problem, what do we do? What do we go to just drug abuse? We mm. go just to crime. And we forget that these things have got causal effect that they come from. Even gender-based violence. Of course. And, and you know what? What I love is that we're speaking to change agents. Of course who have been seeing issues in their communities, but sometimes it becomes so overwhelming that they choose to solve one micro issue. Of course. During the unrest, mm. it was so painful to see people having to justify that they live in a suburban community where your neighbor's kid has to permit you to enter through just to go buy milk mm. and water, whatever it was. Mm. I believe that this is an opportunity for us on Boaliwatu to try and remedy the situation. Of course. Because young people are now seeing each other as enemies. If I see a white person, I believe that they've taken my land. They are the true. problem. But the truth of the matter is that colleagues, Indians, and even some white people are, still, are experiencing the same inequalities that our black community is experiencing. So we can't just speak about black people only mm. as if we are also including the colored community because mm. for the longest time, we've excluded their identity almost to being invisible. Mm. How do we create unity I don't, I'm, let's just get rid of the Rainbow Nation terminology because we're past that. Of course. I believe that we need an, a, a collective national identity. What does that look like when we're identified by gender-based violence, inequality? Let me just say where it starts. 
where it starts is a frank conversation about the situation in South Africa. Okay. A situation which says, why when you stay in New Germany, your neighbor who has known you since you were a kid, when there is looting, sees you as none or and it's not from there, and you must justify why, why you are going there. Mm. That's the question. That What creates that problem? Okay. Because if we don't have that frank conversation or do, what we are going to have, and I repeat this, we're going to solve problems that do not exist, or we're going to solve problems that... Uh, um, yes, I, I agree with young people. When you see drug abuse and you want to solve that, you solve that. Mm -hmm. Because that's the capacity you have. True. But the understanding of saying, I'm solving this because it's the only thing I can solve with the capacity I have. But I know that it does not end here and it does not start here. Mm. At least have that understanding to say, when I go to my neighbor and I give them food parcels, mm. I'm doing what I can do. I think I'm doing what is possible to me, but I know that this is not the source. And I, sometimes I know that the solution I'm giving is not permanent, but that's what I can do. I recognize those young people. I applaud them every day mm. because some of them, we work with them in service. So I just say, it's good for you to do this. But okay. the understanding of the Consciousness. Now, let's answer your question directly. There will be no unity in this, in this country, in South Africa, if there is no principled unity. We cannot unite on the basis of a false hope. The in Indians, Colors, Africans, mm -hmm. right? What most, sometimes people call black, right? White people, right? Mm -hmm. So-called European settlers and what you call. They've got particular things that they've done to each other. They've got particular things that divide them, that make them, it's impossible for, for them to be able to unite. If they're not willing to confront those issues and sit on a table and say, okay, what has got us here in South Africa where we've got so much racial division? How, what are we willing to do to, so, to, to remedy those wounds of that racial division? And then from there we can say, we can go forward in, in, in harmony and in true humanity. But until that principled unity is crafted, where we can sit on a table and say, Majority African people have got they had had a very bad past because of particular reason. Colored people in Cape Town and in many other parts of South Africa have got a particular past which is caused by particular things that we need to go through. Indian people in this country have got a particular history that needs to be resolved. The European people who are, who are called white people have got a particular history which needs to be resolved. Mm -hmm. And how then do we craft a, a identity of South Africa from all of us, recognizing all our humanity, our values, and all our histories that we come from? Because... Do we have an identity crisis? We have an identity crisis because we are a different people okay. which for many years have refused and have, have refused and been refused to be seen mm -hmm. and to unite. So you can't have a South African identity sure. because what does that look like? What does does, it, look, it, look does like? it Does it look like me and you speaking in a language that our, fourth, our fathers and mothers do not understand mm. because that's the language of the day? And we want everyone to understand. And, and we are engaged in a culture, in, in, we are being forced to practice cultures that we don't know. Does it in, include people trampling on others? No. We need to have a situation where we all can all sit together. And I believe this could happen. I really okay. believe that it can happen. But I only believe it can happen with the precondition I set of principled unity based on frank, real conversations. Other than that, I'm not interested in anything because I can't play games. Hmm. As I said to you, I've never known a better life. Hmm. 
right? So every time I speak of trying to change things, I speak from a position of sincerity because I feel it. I know it. Mm. I'm telling you that I've known my grandmother for the past 20, 30 years. There are things that I've seen her going through for 30 years. Mm. And for me, when you speak change, I speak about that woman. I speak about that mother. I speak about my mother having my mother not having her to, 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 to die on this country. I speak about black about women in this country not having to be beaten up mm. like as, as if they are, they are nothing that uh, that breeds. Yeah. I speak about young kids being raped, right? I I speak from that reality. That's the reality I speak from. You speak from a very and you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but it sounds like a very violent reality. Of course. Now, in our experiences mm. as young people in student activist days, mm. we know what it's like to be shot, mm. to be shot at, and mm. we believed that our English would justify and be like, why are you shooting me? Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> you get shot five more times, and you're yeah. like, what have I done? This yeah, is my I'm right. I'm just a student. Yeah, yeah. But I've realized that in truth, our bodies have become sites of violence of and violence. How do we remedy the situation where we are so used to violence that we've become perpetuators? This goes beyond just gender-based violence, but mm. our society is being accustomed to violence and experiencing it to a point where it's a norm to be a young person who knows and has experienced systematic violence. I'm not going to say from a policeman. It's mm. the system that says, shoot mm. that young person who's fighting for change. Mm. I don't want to go to these other things because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to fall into a big trap. Mm. But I just want to say, also even in the part of violence, there are bodies that are more attractive to violence than others. Okay. One day we'll speak about that, what it means. But there are bodies that are more attractive to violence than others. There are bodies that it's easy to violate, that no one would think mm. twice before violating hey, them. Course. Right? <laughs> and there are, there are bodies that are amenable to death, that you can just shoot and kill, mm. and then justify it later. And there people cover that, it up, it's no yeah, one investigates. Yeah, there, there are bodies like that. But besides that, this is a country that has founded itself on violence. That's why I'm saying this country, the problem first is that maybe I'm going to raise a lot of problems more than solutions. It's because this country has rushed into solutions. A lot. You know, we rush a lot. Yeah, hey, we have this problem. Yeah, hey, solution. No. But on Boa, on Boa Lewa, to see full of solutions. You know, young people I'm saying, are at home. I'm this. Like, and I, I must teach, we must teach young people this, this, uh, this patience. Young people okay. The patience of trying to understand what your problem is. Okay. Because I made the example of a doctor. A doctor will put you in a room, take stethoscope, put here and say, breathe, put here and say, breathe, put on your back, say, breathe. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes if they are, they are not sure what is happening, they will put you on an X-ray and want to see what is happening with your bones and whatnot. This is the patience of a doctor who is trying to make sure that they are able to it heal diagnosis. you and heal you in a way that you don't have to come back with the same illness tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, the problem of South Africa is that every problem we face, the first thing we do is not to say, whoa, mm. what is happening mm. here? Where does this thing come from? The first thing we do, hey, we have a problem. Young people are being, uh, young women are being beat up. Okay, we need a solution. What is the solution? We need to run campaigns of GPV. How okay. many times have we been running them? Those mm. are solutions, right? Yeah, and, you know and, and the biggest concern is that we say we're doing a march. We're marching for that one, and the next month there's another person who's been violated. Yeah, well, so my thing is, the first, first step of, going off, of the solution okay. is understanding what your problem is. Okay. Because if you understand, understand what your problem. problem is, 
is then you are going to be able to craft a solution. Okay. With the problems that are facing South Africa in terms of violence, I can assure you that many of them are historical. We have gotten used so much to violence this way because every, almost every part of our life has been brought about by violence. Mm. When you speak about economic exclusion and why people stay in townships and why people sub, some people stay in suburbs and why people are not related to each other, it's because violence was in this place. And we're not only speaking just physical violence alone. We're just even speaking even at a level of psychological, emotional, and systemic violence mm. that has, has made sure that some people don't see each other. Some people don't see each other as equal human beings. This is the history of South Africa. Now, if we understand that, we are able then to say, okay, what makes Uwatu to be available to the violence Kachoban? Mm. The reason for that is because for many years we have made sure that Uwatu is violated at a level of not being given space to be a human being, to be able to assert her own future, being mm. able to lead her own life. And before that, we have then shut out Uwatu from economic and livelihood making, sure. which makes him available to Uchobani for food, for leadership, mm. for provision and everything. Mm. Now, remember that this Tobani who's able to do this to you is also being shut out somewhere. Mm. Now, you have a Tobani who is called a boy there, right? Emasculated because he's begging for a job. Now, when that Tobani comes... Ice boy. Is, yeah, he's an ice boy, he's a boy, he's whatever. He's a garden boy in one When he comes home or when he comes back into a space where he has a bit of power, and that power, and remember also what we have done is that we have tried in a very liberal manner to speak to Wadu and say you have power, you are equal. Now, but we do that to Wadu without a, social, a, 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 a socialization of both these people who have to live together. Mm -hmm. Now, Utoban is not used to a Wadu that, that speaks back. Mm. It's not used to a Watu that says, oh, oh but I can, t I, can tell my, I can do my own. I can go to town if I want to. If Utobani says you can't go there because he's used to the fact that it's his money which is going to allow Uwatu to go to town, mm. what happens? Now I'm saying, understand this problem. There are many facets to this, yes, but I'm, using a, very I'm mm. using a very simplistic one to understand mm. the part of gender-based violence. To so say part of it is that, is that there are many underlying issues that you have not solved. So when you give Uwatu a job, and you empower Watu to be a woman in her own right with power. Mm. But on the other side, Utobani has not been socialized to get used to the idea that Uwatu now is no longer that Watu you knew long okay. time ago. Is a Watu now who has got his own right. You must also be empowered to be able to deal with that Watu. What happens? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you need to be able to say when you empower people, empower them in a way that empowers all of them. So when we want to solve gender-based violence, we must look at the economic factors, the social factors, the political factors that bring about this thing so that we can solve them. Mm. But part of it is that we must not solve issues in isolation and we must not individualize issues. When we speak, we can't focus on Watu. When you say we want to solve GPV mm. or women empowerment... It must be a Watu It's not a Watu or a, a female issue. It's a societal issue. So mm. you must always make sure that in that socialization, even Utobani is involved. Because Tobani will have to deal with the empowered Watu. But on the other hand, okay. how do you empower Watu to deal with a Tobani who cannot provide? So basically, change <laughs> agents. What Utobani is saying, when you are seeing a social issue in that community, mm. how do we create a home? Because most times we are solving issues since it's South Africa, but mm. the truth is that we're coming from homes. Mm. And we can all to some degree try and 
simplify some of these issues. Mm. So if you know that a young person is struggling, they're coming from a certain home, try sit that community down and see how you can unite everyone. Mm. So change agents. This conversation is brought to you by Ibualiwadu, Sakis is a community projects, KMG inclusive developers and the Solidarity Fund. If you have questions or comments, make sure that you're commenting on in this conversation. If you have even recommendations that might differ with Utoban, <laughs> please bring them forward. We all coming from different communities and have different realities. And we believe that your reality should find expression. This is a community whereby everyone's view is so important and valid. Toban, mm. the gist of this mm. might have started from looting, but we're trying to build patriotism because every other country that is thriving economically, every other country that does not experience these challenges to the largest extent, mm has some sense of unifier and identity, patriotism. Mm. Yeah. What does patriotism mm. look like mm. I mean to you? Mm. And what do you think it can mean to this young person? Yes. But what type of country are we trying to build? Closing remarks as well. Okay. Uh, the first thing is that I do believe that South Africans can be patriotic. Patriotism means love of one's country, of one's identity, of one's value system of that country, and a love, and a love of, of one's people, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, for us to arrive at that position, we must also love our people in our country so much that we don't love our country to be excluding particular people from economies, to be violent towards people, particular mm. people, to be divisive. We must be people who every day to work so hard against anything that divides us, sure. anything that excludes particular people and includes particular people, mm. exploits and not exploits particular people. We must always love our people so much that we don't want to see any one of us suffering at the hands of the other. Who is us? <laughs> the biggest thing is that us here will mean South Africans, but I said to you earlier, how do we arrive at us? Because the us, the unity, is a unified us, like a unified people of South Africa is the us, but that us has a, a process that it must go through for them to arrive there. Okay. Right? So I'm saying we must, all of us, dedicate ourselves mm. to what Steve Bigo will have called a quest for true humanity. Okay. Where everyone is equal, where every man cannot be viewed whether on their sex, on their gender, on their race, where all of us have got equal opportunity to everything. That is the humanity we want to go to, and that's what we can be patriotic to. Our patriotism also will mean mm -hmm. a dedication to this dream. Okay. And if all of us claim to love this country, all of us must be dedicated to this dream. We must always make sure that our quest is for all of us is for all of us to live through what we call true humanity. Mm. Uh, parting remarks is that I... I may seem as someone who is pessimistic, but I'm very positive about that because this country could be free. But I also could not lie to myself and I lie to you and lie to those who listen to us about the realities of South Africa. Okay. Like any other young South African, I, I lived, I'm not one who speaks from a helicopter view or because I sit in a couch here, uh, it's nice, I'm a couch, uh, I'm, 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 I'm chair, uh, what you call a mm. critique. I've lived through these things. Mm. I live through these things. When I speak about unemployment and all these things, the things I know. 
I speak from that reality. I speak, for me, it's very emotional also because it's things that I know. Mm. I can point people who are going through these things. We are going through you it. You get what I'm saying? Yes, it's in Yeah, you can speak your English <laughs> and speak on all these nice places and have people taking pictures of you. But at the end of the day, we all live through it. And we must be realistic to that. We must love, we must love ourselves love our families, love our communities, love our country so much mm. that we don't want in 20 years from now to have a young person like me and you speaking that these are the problems they are facing. Mm. That's what is important to me, right? That's what is important to me. And whether I'm speaking, whether I'm organizing somewhere, this is the dedication that I have mm. to say, I don't want my child, Kwezlogusa was five years old, when she's 25. Hi, crazy. <laughs> who is 25. When she's 25 years old, to say, hey, my father suffered. Oh, I'm also suffering. I don't mm. want that, right? But I also know that I cannot, my struggle cannot be just about crazy alone, mm. right? Our struggle is about all of us. And we've said somewhere before that our problems may have an individual manifestation, but all of them are collective in nature because they've got one collective source which affects all of us. We can never solve our problems in, as individuals. Our power is in our unity. Our power is in the collective for us to be able to work together. We must organize better, be patient enough to understand what our problems are so that mm. when we bring about the solutions, we can say five years, ten years from now, we solve this problem at that time and it never came back because most of the problems we've been claiming to solve since 1994 almost all of them come back every other three years because we are not serious about solving them. But I love young people people who who are dedicated to this thing. We are willing to work with them to make them and to to understand what they are going through, to pass a bit of our our knowledge that we know Mm -hmm. and also to learn from them. Because the biggest thing that those of us who claim to know is that we never want to learn from the people that we claim to lead. I want to learn from young people who are doing this. And what is the new challenges that they are facing? Okay. Because I don't know. Maybe I've, I've done activism in the past 10 years. I don't know what they're going through now. And there's a new feminine called Amatuke. They've got their own problems. Ah, I'm it's telling you. <laughs> I'm telling Amatuke are a special type because I love how bold you guys are. I was, yeah. I was saying, talking about bold and brave and articulate and conscious. It must be guided. In my, yeah. <laughs> so I love what you said, Tobani. Yeah. Our power is in our unity, and that's exactly what we're selling to Ama Change Agents. It mm. Change Agents Network is trying to ensure that young South Africans are uniting because a just world is possible. So if you have a lot of views, if you believe that you want to start engaging with more people like Tobani, please do contact him. Where do people find you? Uh, because that's cool, mega cool. I want to be very quick. You will find me on Facebook at Zigalana Tobani. You get me on Twitter at @zigalaletobani. You find me on Instagram at intwana underscore gadudu. Uh, it's always underscores everywhere there. That's where you find me. You follow me everywhere. I will tell you where I am. If you you can call me. Since what langa na langa ni sinte inga ni mchampe. Yes. Yeah, I understand. So when people like him in your team, trust me. Oshinjelo Thank you so much, Toban. A takeaway to our young people. Do not devise divisive strategies to trying to effect change. Mm. I heard that this water has not been running for the past 10 years. Mm. What has been the biggest impediment to this change? Who have you spoken to? And from your perspective, how do we pave a different way forward? Because we do believe that service delivery is important. We do believe that unity and patriotism will help us pave a brighter way to building the nation that we've all been waiting for. South Africa, 2022, 
2022 can be a better year for all of us if we start becoming honest, having the right conversations. I believe that racial divisions are not something that is permanent in our society. Mm -hmm. We can all unify against a certain cause. And as change agents, we're uniting to building a better South Africa. That's it from me. You can follow us, um, follow me on Facebook on Gutlagonke Watuntuli. I'm on I'm available on Instagram, it's Watu underscore Ntuli. We also have a YouTube page. But most importantly, please make sure that you subscribe to Buali Watu. Buali Watu. Make sure you subscribe, you follow us on Facebook, you share our contents. And if you have something that you'd like to collaborate uh, with us on, make sure that you contact us on the details on the screen or even on the caption. Uh, this is our episode trying to unite this nation. Keep sharing, keep loving, and bye-bye. <laughs> uh.